Jenkins joins us this afternoon in the beef and lamb slot. She is the program lead for the Informing New Zealand Beef Program, which is being undertaken at the moment. Gemma, welcome to the program. Oh, thanks very much for having me. Firstly, give us a bit of background about what's going on with this, because there's a lot of exciting stuff always happening genetically, isn't there, in the industry? Correct, yes. So uh, just as a bit of background, the Informing New Zealand Beef Programme, or INZB as we call it, is a seven-year project, so it's $16.7 million, and it's funded by Beef and Land New Zealand, the New Zealand Meat Board, and MPI through the Sustainable Food and Fibres Future Fund. Uh, so Beef and Lamb are obviously contributing levy funds to it, so there's levy-funded projects in there. And it really consists of five sort of main projects. So um, we're looking at developing... Uh, genetic evalu- a multi-breed genetic evaluation or in the cross-breed genetic evaluation for the beef industry in New Zealand. And also, so that will give us estimated breeding values for bulls. Um, and we're also looking at developing selection indexes as well. So we're looking at terminal, maternal and dairy beef, developing maternal, uh, terminal and dairy beef indexes. So as part of that work, we've got a whole lot of great commercial farmers that are part of the program collecting data for us and genotyping so that their data can be linked into the breeder level. And we're also running some beef progeny tests as well. So we've got a couple of different beef progeny test sites and um, I might talk a little bit more about one of those at some stage because one of them is actually Pamu's Kepler Farm down in Tiana. And um, we're running Angus and Hereford bulls over Angus and Hereford cows, um, crossing them both ways. So that's really interesting. And then we've also got um, the extension piece of the program as well. So that's really about, um, you know, making sure that farmers can get their hands on the tools that we're producing as part of the program. You say it's a seven-year program. Is there any way you come to having this thing pan out for seven years? Is that basically long enough to give you what you need to know regarding genetics in this instance? Yeah, well, it's it's a big job (laughs) for sure. but effectively, it's setting us up for success well into the future as well. So it's really about setting up the infrastructure around those genetic evaluations and presenting EBVs to beef farmers, you know, in a way that's easy for them to use and to inform their bull selection purposes. So, um, and we're also developing new traits and stuff within the program as well. So, I'm, I'm expecting we'll make some really good progress as part of the seven-year program. We're actually almost halfway into it now. Um, but it will be something that obviously will set us up to success further on, um, much further on into the future as well. Because when you're looking at these traits that farmers are after, there must be a hell of a lot of work go into it trying to get the result at the end, to be honest. Yeah, correct. I mean, some of the traits are already um, available, so there's genetic evaluations that have already been set up for them. But one of the things that we did as um, part of the program, and we did this last year, was we actually put out a farmer trait prioritisation survey. So we went out to farmers and asked them, you know, what traits are actually important to you. So alongside, you know, those productive type traits, there's also, you know, farmers told us that they wanted to look at fertility-related traits, structural type traits as well. So we are looking at um, developing body condition scoring and other scoring genetic evaluations as part of the program. And also fertility as well. We're looking at developing a, a more accurate fertility trait too as part of the program, along with a couple of other things too, but those are the main ones. Is low-carbon beef, is that something that farmers are looking at? 
Yeah, that's a really interesting one. So I think the momentum has been building for that over the last few years. Um, I guess breeding is probably an attractive option for dealing with whatever regulations farmers are facing. And, you know, it's, it's the thing with breeding, though, is it's a slow game. So we really need to start, you know, applying selection pressure now so that, you know, the bulls that we'll need in the future are there available for farmers to actually use. And we have actually been doing a little bit of work on greenhouse gas. So we're not we're not looking within this program at setting up a genetic evaluation for greenhouse gas emissions at this stage. We are looking at it, including it in our selection indexes. Um, but we've done some work with Ag Research to put some of our Kepler beef progeny test heifers through these big sort of they call them portable accumulation chambers. So they're big steel sort of chambers and the, the cows go through there and they stand there for, in the box basically for 45 minutes and they measure their methane output. Um, and we're looking to see, you know, really if that correlates with the, sh the results that they've um, had in the sheep um, pack chambers that they've used. Um, and actually just to see if the beef animals could go through it because they had put some dairy animals through it earlier on in the year. Uh, we wanted to see how beef animals go through because obviously they're two quite different types of animals. Um, and yet they went through really well and we're just we're awaiting the final results from ag research but it's going to be really interesting to look at the results from that and also how it correlates with they also did some rumen sampling and analysis on those too because obviously if you could rumen sample animals it would be a lot easier than putting a whole lot of animals through these portable accumulation chambers. Gemma, you say you're just about halfway through the seven-year cycle. What's been the really outstanding figures that you've struck so far? So we're still in the process of collecting data and developing these genetic evaluations. Our prototype genetic evaluations are due to be finished. Uh, well, sorry, they're due to be like rolled out further on in the program, but our prototypes are due to be finished at the end of this calendar year. So, and then obviously we'll look over them with our industry advisory group and our technical advisory group and stuff like that. So, you know, we're still very much in the process of collecting data and developing the genetic evaluations. So like for the body condition scoring, for example, you know, that work is really going to start kicking off next year as far as data collection goes with some body condition scoring training um, that we'll be looking to do in February next year with breeders. Um, we will hold a couple of workshops in the North Island and the South Island. So I guess... You know, we're very much setting the groundwork at the moment and the results will be expected further on in the program. Gemma, you alluded before regarding the survey that was out. You just want to make mention of this? Oh, yes, yeah, definitely. So we every year we actually go out, we put a survey out and we ask farmers, you know, what do they know about genetic tools? So genetic tools being the estimated breeding values, indexes, using AI, stuff like that. Um, what do they know about it and, you know, what their knowledge is around it, how they like learning about that kind of stuff, uh, where they want to hear about it and things like that. So every year we do that just to track how we're going and if the program's having any impact on that over time. And we've got a surveys out at the moment. So if people could jump onto our Beef and Lamb Genetics Facebook page, they'll find a link um, to that survey and it'd be great if we could get some people filling that out. That closes on the 4th of December, so... Yeah, that'd be awesome. Genetics is a fascinating topic, though, to be perfectly honest, isn't it? It's just so relevant. Oh, definitely. And, you know, like, the great thing about it is that people can actually choose where they want to go themselves. So they can set their breeding objective, you know, whether is right for their own operation. And they can then use the indexes and the EBVs uh, to, you know, to drive the genetic gain 
in the area that's relevant for them. So, I, I mean, obviously I'm a geneticist, so I'm probably a little bit biased, but, yeah, I do think genetic tools are great. Well, you look at Angus going over Hereford and vice versa, and, yeah, there's a lot great. of interesting stuff you can take on board. Yeah, so the purpose of crossing them, um, you know, Angus over Hereford cows and then um, Hereford bulls over Angus cows. And I should actually mention that we actually have a second beef progeny test site at Lockenborough as well where we put Angus, Hereford and Simmental bulls over Angus cows. Um, but the, the beauty of that is it then allows us when we run the genetic evaluation to produce estimated breeding values that make the bulls all comparable regardless of what their breed is. So you can actually pick, say you're looking at increasing fertility in your herd, you can actually pick the best bull regardless of what breed it is. So it really is comparing apples with apples. Gemma Jenkins out of Beef and Lamb, I appreciate your time on the muster. Very interesting chat. Thanks very much for having me, Andy. Gemma Jenkins out of Beef and Lamb, Beef and Lamb on the muster each and every Thursday, talking genetics and cattle as well. Fascinating subject. Up next, Clayton Peters talking genetics. Peters Genetics. We have Clayton Peters on the show, naming sponsor for the muster. I'm ready for you.